0: The Libs are threatening to murder us again after weeks of top Democrats all the way up to the president calling Republicans fascists, terrorists, comparing us to Al Qaeda, encouraging people to kill MAGA voters. A new death threat from the Libs has just dropped. This one, care of Democrat Senator Maisie Hirono.
1: When I hear my colleagues talking about how, you know, it should be states rights or Uh, Government should not be telling us what to do. The word hypocrites, it doesn't even go far enough to call them out on what they're doing. This is an outright attack on women in this country. That is how I see it. That is how more and more women and those who support our right to make decisions about our own bodies, that is how we see it. And why? (laughs) Because that's what's happening. Madam President, I yield the floor, but clearly, you know, this is a um, literally call to arms in our country. Yield the floor.
0: Literally. It's literally. It's not figuratively a call to arms from Maisie Hirono. Lest there be any confusion, Maisie Hirono is calling on her fellow Democrats to literally pick up guns and shoot us. That's what that means when you say this is literally a call to arms. I know it's difficult for most conservatives to believe because conservatives generally are nice people who just want to go back to the good old days when Ronald Reagan and Tip O'Neill, they'd fight all day and then they'd go get a drink after work. Even though those days never existed, by the way, didn't happen. Those men were bitter enemies who rarely ever even spoke and Tip O'Neill considered Ronald Reagan evil, his words publicly. Uh, We keep telling ourselves Nice stories about norms and getting along and meeting in the middle, but it just doesn't happen and it probably never did. The Democrats are going to be carting us off to the gulags, and we're going to be making jokes about what the press would say if the situation were reversed. Can you imagine if we were carting them off to the gulags? Maisie Hirono is going to be lining us up against a wall with an Uzi in one hand and an AK-47 in the other, and we're going to be giggling as somebody says, well, so much for the tolerant left. (laughs) We just don't have the political imagination maybe we think a little too highly of ourselves. We think no one could ever really hate us. No one could ever really wish us harm. We just can't come to terms with the fact that these people genuinely do not like us and do not want us around. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. My favorite comment yesterday is from the drummer's workshop at Norm's Music. Hey, what's going on? I haven't seen that commenter for a while. Uh, for the Biden administration, James Taylor should have called his song brimstone, fire and rain. <laughs> it's a really great point. That's true. Oh, I'm gonna see brimstone and fire and rain because you've got drag kids marching down at the New York fashion show and you're transing three-year-olds and killing all the babies and I'm probably never gonna see this again because we're uh, very likely going to be smitten uh, uh, given all of the (laughs) gross evil going on in the country. When you wanna protect yourself with all this kind of craziness, you really gotta check out Birch Gold. Right now, text Knowles to 989898. The Biden administration has recently announced its plan to hire 87,000 new IRS agents in 2023, many of whom will be bearing arms as they shake you down for your money. You need to secure your savings in a tax-sheltered account now, and Birch Gold can help you do just that. Birch Gold Group helps you hold gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account to protect you from big Government trying to take all your wealth. Plus, throughout history, gold has always been your best hedge against inflation. A diversified savings can protect you from downturns in the market. If you have a 401k or IRA that is underperforming, just text Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S, to 989898, and you can convert that into an IRA in precious metals right now. Birch Gold Group has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of satisfied customers. Text Knowles to 989898, and Birch Gold will send you a free info kit on diversifying into gold tax-free. Take the necessary steps to hedge against inflation today. Protect your hard-earned money. Get your free info kit by texting Knowles to 989898 now. They don't like us guys. They don't, they really don't like us. I think we like them much more than they like us. And we tolerate them much more than they tolerate us. And we're willing to live in a country with them much more than they're willing to live in a country with us. They're they're calling us terrorists. They're calling us Nazis. They say we need to be treated the same way Osama bin Laden was treated. They're saying that that the libs need to pick up arms. This is a call to arms against to against us. They're saying th- that they need to kill the MAGA movement. Okay, they need to kill MAGA voters. They're saying, going back years now, that Democrats need to confront Republicans in public and push back on them and say you're not wanted here. That's what Maxine Waters said. That that Democrats need to go to Republicans' homes and scream outside their homes. And then they did that. Then one of them tried to kill Brett Kavanaugh. And all the while we say, "Oh, well, this craziness, you know. We just need to return to standards and norms. Trump shouldn't be so mean. He needs to stop tweeting about Mika Brzezinski's face." Guys, they're they're talking about killing us. <laughs> they they say in explicit terms, "We're going we're going to kill you." And then you know what they do? For 8 months they burn the country down and they kill us, okay? And BLM and Antifa riot and they kill dozens of people. And Republicans still don't get it. And we still say, well, you know, they've kind of got a point about January 6th. I mean, after all, you know, that the smiley guy from Florida did kind of move Nancy Pelosi's lectern. Yeah, they're talking about killing us, guys. Stop comparing these two things. (laughs) There, There is no comparison here, okay? We need, well, you know, listen, if we wield political power to in any way enforce the law and justice, well, that will make us no different from the Democrats who are completely disregarding the law and wielding the government to attack us. No, that won't. Those two things are not the same at all. Actually, if we don't wield political power that the people happily give us on occasion to some small degree, then they're going to chip us off to the gulags like they're promising to do, like they're already talking about. Okay, we need to wield political power. You are seeing some people get this, right? A handful of people. I'm thinking of Greg Abbott down in Texas. Greg Abbott in Texas, he says, hey, stop flooding the country with illegal aliens. Hey, Biden, start enforcing your border policies. And what does Biden and the Democrats say? They say, no, actually, mass illegal migration is our strength. We need even more millions of people to come across each year. You should count yourself lucky that you've got all these foreign nationals flooding into your state. And so what does Abbott do? He says, okay, you think that way? I'm going to ship all the illegal aliens up to your cities. So we've had, since since Joe Biden took office, we've had about 4.2 million illegal border crossings. It's an amazing number, 4.2 million. Okay. Democrats say that's wonderful. That's great. Enjoy it, Texas. Enjoy it, Arizona. Greg Abbott sends 5,000, 10,000 illegal aliens, nothing, not not a drop of a fraction of an iota in the bucket of illegal immigration just this year, and the Democrats say, oh, my gosh, this is a strain on our resources. This is an attack on our democracy. This is so inhumane. Oh, my gosh, you can't do that. So Abbott says, what are you talking about? I'm giving you barely a hint of a cent of your own medicine. And you're, you're acknowledging, you're admitting that, that you've just been attacking us the whole time to weaken our states. It's not just Abbott, it's the governor of Arizona. And now it's Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis is ratcheting it up a notch. Ron DeSantis has just sent two planefuls of illegal aliens to Martha's Vineyard, which I just, I just adore it. Especially because you know I, I co-host a podcast with Senator Ted Cruz called the Verdict Podcast, and for weeks now, maybe months, on on the show, I've asked Senator Cruz. I've said, "What are we supposed to do about illegal immigration? Why don't we ever do anything? Why don't we we just let the libs take advantage of us?" And Senator Cruz said not only do we need to send illegal aliens to DC and New York, he said, I want them to go to Martha's Vineyard. I want them to go to Nantucket. I want them to go to all the really nice, fancy places that the Libs vacation in. And I thought, okay, that's a funny political line, but how are you going to do it? Senator Cruz actually took it further. He introduced legislation (laughs) to, to relocate illegal aliens to these places. Obviously, Democrats control the Senate. It doesn't go anywhere. But the states could always do this sort of thing. And now Governor Ron DeSantis has picked up that baton and said, okay, actually, that's a really good idea. And I do have control of Florida. So that's what he's done. This, according to uh, DeSantis' communications director, Florida can confirm the two planes with illegal immigrants that arrived in Martha's Vineyard today were part of the state's relocation program to transport illegal immigrants to sanctuary destinations. Absolutely love it. Make them face the consequences that they inflict on us. There was a tweet by Chris Hayes. I have it right. I just pulled it up right before the show started. Chris Hayes says that it is deeply sick and dehumanizing to fling human beings somewhere vindictively. This is Chris Hayes from MSNBC. His whole Twitter timeline, furious about this DeSantis policy. Meanwhile, NBC News reported not so long ago that Joe Biden is also flinging those illegal aliens around. The the only difference is that Joe Biden was flinging those illegal aliens around, not to the blue cities necessarily, but all around the country. Again, that's not Daily Wire reporting that. That's not Breitbart News. That's not some far right wing. That's NBC News. The Democrats are already doing that. To say nothing of the fact that they're flinging, uh, they're flinging. Non Americans over the border into America because they think it'll give them a permanent electoral advantage. They're doing that. They've been flinging millions of people around opportunistically and vindictively for years. And then the minute that a Republican sends one busload, two airplanes full, they say, This is outrageous. No, I don't think so. I think this is barely even a little tiny taste of your own medicine. And this is what Republicans need to start doing. Okay, Republicans need to start showing Democrats the consequences of their actions. The Democrats are never going to stop unless they feel the consequences of their actions. But if they get away scot-free, if Republicans adopt this loser mentality that they've had for at least 20 years now, if not longer, the sort of, well, you know, the Democrats, they're upending all of our traditions and way of life, but, you know, we can't do anything about that. We just need to lose with dignity. Come on. Look, and frankly, illegal immigration, it's an act of love. That's you know, the Jeb Bush line. It's an act of love. It's, it's not such, no, no human being is illegal. They sound like the Democrat light. Okay, well, then we're always going to lose. We gotta, we've got to we've gotta show Democrats that they can't just get away with this stuff. And they, they're already losing their minds. New York, Chicago, Washington, D.C., all the pundits, they're losing their minds over this. Keep it up. Keep it up. Good job, Governor DeSantis. Let's get some more plane loads. Let's get some more bus loads. Let's get every other red state governor to do the very same thing. Maybe then we'll have a shot at at regaining a little political power. Go after them on every front. Go after them on every single front. You know, Right now, the big attack on conservatives is over the, the great threat to our democracy. That's why they're calling us fascists and Nazis and saying that our very presence poses an existential threat to our sacred democracy and our republic. Why? Because people are raising questions about the 2020 election, which was obviously rigged. It was totally rigged. They changed all the election rules. Everybody knows it. The Democrats know it too. They published a piece in Time Magazine bragging about it. It's just, you're not allowed to acknowledge it. They're allowed to celebrate it. You're not allowed to complain about it. You're not allowed to say that they even said what they already said. And and furthermore, when Democrats lose elections- When they obviously lose elections, when there was no rigging, when there was no major change to the voting rules, they deny it. Okay, obviously Stacey Abrams is the great example of this. And Stacey Abrams now, she just appeared on The View. And Stacey Abrams, after years and years of telling us that she did not lose the 2018 Georgia gubernatorial election, what does she do? She looks right in that camera. She looks you right in the face. And she says, no, I never said that.
1: So this is your second run against uh, incumbent Brian Kemp for governor and polls show a tight race especially in the poll this morning um, Now when you lost in 2018 you didn't traditionally concede which I appreciated because you cited voter suppression Are you confident that this will be a free and fair collection and uh, um, sorry um, election and not a repeat performance of what happened before So I, I appreciate the, the question and the framing. I have never denied that I lost. I don't live in the governor's mansion. I would have noticed. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, yeah. Uh. And there is this clip that's going around, and it shows me saying that we won. And what I was referring to was that we won in terms of communities that were long left out of the electoral process, right. finally participated in 18 at outstanding right. numbers. Right. But I, I'm not delusional, so, <laughs> just so that's clear.
0: So, so hold on. She's saying, no, no, no I never said that I, uh, that I won. Okay. There's this clip going around where I, I say multiple times that I won, but I didn't mean that I won, you know, the election. I meant that I won, you know, uh, some polite conversation from different people at campaign. I know I, I meant that I won in the sense that I lost. I didn't mean, when did I, hold on. could we just watch the clip?
1: I saw that there was a challenge with our voting system in the state of Georgia. I never denied the election. I do have one very affirmative statement to make. We won. You refused to concede and say that you lost. Do you stand by that decision today? Absolutely. The election was not fair. The process was not fair.
0: Was the election in Georgia statewide a free and fair
1: election? It was not a free and fair election. But will I say that this election was not tainted, was not a disinvestment and a disenfranchisement? of thousands of voters, I will not say that.
0: You uh, notably did not concede. I did not. Okay, you acknowledged that he won, but you did not concede. Correct. Five months later, do you still feel like your opponent won through voter suppression?
1: Yes. Georgia voters did not have their votes counted. They were not allowed to cast votes. They had their votes discarded. And it was not fair to those who filled up absentee ballots. And depending on the county you sent it to, it either was counted or not counted, assuming you received it in time.
0: So not only did she say we won, not only did she say the election was bogus, not only did she say I will not concede. What a bizarre kind of splitting of hairs. Yeah, you're saying, you're saying you didn't win- But you didn't concede, but the only reason you wouldn't concede is because you did win, because you didn't lose. And then my favorite part is, part of that clip is when she goes on The View and says, yeah, no, I totally won. I didn't lose. This is not totally bogus election. And then she goes back on The View. She says, I never said that. It's just the outright lies. It's the, it's the outright lies that you hear from Stacey Abrams. It's the outright lies that you hear from Corrine Jean-Pierre when she comes out and she says, oh, Biden's doing much better on the border than Trump. Yeah, Biden wants to secure the border. Trump wanted to open the border. Complete inversion of reality. The outright lies. We're not in a recession. Yeah, yeah, we've had two consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth. Yeah, we have, we're have. we actually in the textbook definition of a recession. No, that's that's not a recession. We're gonna, No, because we changed the definition five minutes ago. So it's not, we're not in a recession. Mm-mm. No, it's all good. It's all good here. No, no, what are you we never told you that the vaccines would stop you from getting COVID? What are you talking about? Oh yeah, there's a clip going around where we all told you the vaccines would stop you from getting COVID. That's not real. These are not the droids you're looking for. Uh-uh, up is down. It's just outright lies. They have to do that. They have to do that because the, the record that the Democrats have right now on every on every single issue in the United States, I can't name a single issue that they've been successful on. They're losing. And and public opinion reflects that. Public opinion knows that the Democrats are not doing very well. So that's why they have to lie. But the reason they can lie, of course, is because we don't have a free press in America. Our press is more in the bag for the ruling regime than Pravda for the Soviet Union, than North Korean state TV for Kim Jong-un. It's at at the very least as in the bag. And the reason I say it's even, even more pernicious and more dangerous is because- Our media technology political apparatus is much, much stronger than it ever was in the Soviet Union or in North Korea. In America, the the ruling class, the regime, the liberal establishment can settle on a lie and then then have the press, the corporate media, report that lie. And then have big tech suppress any semi-independent outlet that contradicts that lie. And the the most notable example of this is the Hunter Biden laptop story. So the the Republicans find this laptop. They've got all this evidence of crimes committed by not just Hunter Biden, but by the Biden family, up to and including the big guy, Joe. There's a a story run on this. Video evidence of of some of the crimes, by the way, published by the New York Post, which is not in the club. It's a big outlet, but it's not nearly as big as New York Times, Washington Post, NBC, ABC, all the outlets, all all the networks. So they publish it, and then the, the supposedly free and fair press, they all say, nope, not true, Russian disinformation, nothing to see here. They completely parrot the, the regime line, and then big tech comes in, and they suppress the stories that report negatively on the Hunter Biden laptop, and they promote the stories that say it's disinformation. You, you, you never saw that kind of power in the Soviet Union. You never saw that kind of power in North Korea state TV. That's why the, the crocodile tears for our sacred free press, those intrepid journalists in our sacred democracy, in our sacred democracy where the people don't really get all that much of a say in the government and most of the rules are made by completely unaccountable bureaucrats who can just refuse to, to follow the orders of the Republican president on the rare occasions the Republican gets into office. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It sounds little disingenuous to me. Speaking of elections, John Fetterman, he is the quasi-comatose Democrat who's running for Senate in Pennsylvania. He's running against Dr. Oz, who is one of the worst Republican nominees I've ever seen for any office. But he's the guy we're stuck with, I guess, so we're supposed to vote for him. It's pathetic. It's, a- it's absolutely the most pitiful race. I rely on my hair for a lot of my power, okay? I, I do. I really, I, the, the coif is very important to my uh, sense of self and personality. I'm going to end up pulling all my hair out because of this stupid race, because it should be so easy to, to beat John Fetterman in Pennsylvania, and the Republican nominee is completely blowing it. But at the very least, Dr. Oz just got one concession out of John Fetterman, which is John Fetterman has agreed finally to debate Dr. Oz. And this is good. Because Oz, terrible a candidate as he is, will do better in a debate than John Fetterman, if for no other reason than John Fetterman is recovering from a stroke and can't speak the English language properly, and it's he should be in rehab right now, and it's uh, frankly abusive of him that he is, the, of his campaign team that he is still being put out on the campaign trail when the man is obviously not well. But this is it; he's got the nomination, he's running, and because Dr. Oz is such a weak candidate, he feels that he can win the race. And he can do so while making these very short campaign appearances and then basically pulling a Biden and hiding in his basement while the campaign team runs the show for him. But he has agreed now, John Fetterman, to appear on stage with Dr. Oz for a debate. Here's the trick. The debate's going to be October 25th. What's today? Today's September 15th. The election is first week in November. So, Why would they delay this debate? They're delaying the debate because of the way that the Democrats rigged the system. The Democrats exploited COVID to change the election rules and and permit and encourage, in fact, widespread mail-in ballots and an election season that is no longer just one day. It used to be election day. You showed up to the polls, you voted, and that was that. Now election day has turned into election week, election month. It goes on for so long. How many ballots are going to be cast by the time these two guys debate? I bet a lot of ballots are going to be. Many, if not most of the ballots are going to be cast by the time they debate. So the debate won't matter. John Fetterman could get up there. And even if he completely bombs, and he could bomb because his health is not where it should be, or he could bomb because, frankly, I think he would have bombed the debate long before he had these major health problems, that he's not the brightest bulb in the pack. Okay, He, he does not really know what he's talking about. But it won't really matter. The laws were all changed to favor Democrats. So what's the answer to this? There's only one answer as far as I can tell. The conservatives need to reorder the election laws to favor conservatives. Okay. And I don't think there's anything unjust about that or wrong about that. We know that widespread mail-in ballots are a huge opportunity for abuse are a huge opportunity for voter fraud. Barack Obama told us that uh, 10 years ago. Okay, so you've got to cut that down. You've got to bring election month to election day. You've got to require voter ID. Okay, I'm not, I'm not saying that you're going to go there and anytime you see a kind of uh, purple-haired lunatic you know, in line, looks like a total lib in line, you kick them off a- out of the polls. I'm just saying reorder the laws to be much more fair. And if the practical effect of fairer laws with greater voter integrity is that it favors conservatives, wonderful. Love that. Sounds great. Got to play the game, folks. That's politics. That's always been politics. But conservatives have have been convinced over the last 20 or so years, there's something noble and dignified about conceding the elections to Democrats. I don't get it. I don't get why these people want to be such losers other than a lack of moral clarity and cowardice now you know when you want some clarity when you want when you want some courage uh, you're you're going to want to tune into the Nostradamus fantasy football team okay because we got extreme clarity we are crushing all the other guys right now i'm beating all the crane and co guys i am destroying with facts and logic my fellow daily wire hosts drew and ben and matt and bickley okay and uh, we got another game coming up. I don't really know how to play fantasy football, and I've never watched an entire professional football game, but I am winning. And now I'm going head-to-head with Drew this coming weekend. Whenever the football game is played this weekend, I will be competing against Drew Claven, and I am going to win. Okay, so make sure you tune in. Root for team, Nolstradamus. Kick that ball down the field. Score those goals. <laughs> whatever, I'm going to win. It's going to be great. So make sure that you tune in. The Democrats have rigged the system to beat us. One, because they've changed the election rules. Two, because they physically intimidate us (laughs) and they go out and they actually physically threaten us and make a call to arms. And three, because of the censorship. And the censorship is really, really important. So what's the answer to the censorship? You know, The Democrats censor actual relevant political reporting by conservatives. And for 20 years or so, the, the conservative response has been, censorship is bad. I support free speech. Free, either you support support all, all speech or no speech. Oh, yeah. Obscene pornography? Totally. That's a free speech issue. You have a right to it. Calls to arms to destroy the American system of government and traditional way of life? Absolutely, that's protected. Of course, none of that is protected in the American tradition. None of that is protected by law. No. The correct answer to the, to the Democrat standards and norms and taboos that result in censorship is conservative censorship. I know, I, I know it's an unpopular opinion. I know that people don't want to admit that. But all regimes, all societies have some kind of censorship because all of them have standards and taboos. So the, the answer, if conservatives want to stop being such losers, is we need to engage in it ourselves, not in capricious, arbitrary, unjust, immoral kind of censorship, but in just prudent censorship. Instead of today, what we've got is they they censor the truth, they censor goodness, they censor beauty, and they promote lies and evil and ugliness. We should We should do the opposite, okay? We should place far more restrictions around, most notably, obscene material, material that is really, really wicked and hideous. And that—that that is what's happening. We did just score a win thanks to Instagram. Instagram just censored a post that was aimed at teaching kids about sexual pleasure, And I don't know, maybe some of the free speech absolutists are going to say, no, by golly, the reason we fought a revolution in this country was to defend social media posts teaching little children about sexual pleasure. But that's not my point of view. I think, yep, that's good. Censor them. Censor them. No free speech for them. (laughs) So this is the post. This is the post on on Instagram. Normalizing and destigmatizing the pursuit of pleasure, sexual and otherwise, can send a strong message to children. Send a strong message to children. We need to normalize it. We need pleasure-centered education. Contrary to what some folks assume, teaching youth that sex feels good does not cause more young people to have sex. I'm going to pause it right there. Of course it does. What are you talking about? Young people, this would be true for anybody, for all people of all ages, but especially for young people who don't have control over their appetites and their actions in many cases. Telling them that something feels good Telling telling them that uh, this chocolate bar over here tastes good is going to encourage them to try it out, okay? Because they are appetitive creatures that just want to pursue their their uh, basest passions. That's what it is. That's why you have education to try to tamp that down. Uh, this Instagram account that posted it is called the Queer Sex Therapy Instagram account. I'm shocked. Totally surprised by that. And uh, this is managed by the Expansive Group. Describes themselves as a team of queer therapists coaches, mentors, and sex educators that broaden insight around gender, sexuality, and relationships. The author of this post is uh, Leia Goodman. I don't know if it's a man or a woman or if Leia is her, her or his real name. I don't know anymore because these people are so deeply confused. But this individual describes him or herself as a queer educator and uses she slash they pronouns. So this is obviously grooming. This is obviously obscene. This should be ostracized, censored, and these people should probably be imprisoned. Uh, the question, though, that a lot of people keep asking when they're trying to come to a nice nice, conservative conciliatory middle ground here, well, we don't want to censor anybody, we don't want to cast any aspersions on anybody, but they'll say, but, but why do kids need to see this kind of material from the adults, from the queer therapy group? Why? Why do the kids need to see this? That's not the right question. Obviously, the kids don't need to see this. The question to be asking is, why do the queer sex therapy people feel the need to show this to children? The question is not, why do kids need to see Drag Queen Story Hour at the public library? They don't, of course. The question is, why do do the Drag Queen Story Hour people feel this deep need to dance around in sexually provocative clothing for little children? because they are perverts and sexual deviants. And at the ideological level, they want to pervert the whole culture. And it's much easier to do that when you focus on kids because kids' brains are very malleable. So if you get them young and give them a, a vision of the world, it's more likely to stick in the long term. And then at the physical level, they probably have weird sexual appetites for kids, right? Right. I, I, I go back to this great tweet that has gone viral from Orrin McIntyre which says it's not that complicated, guys. These people are evil, and they just want to diddle kids. And I think there's some truth to that. I think there's a broader ideological aspect to it. That and the left has written about this for well over 100 years, because sex is so important to people, because it's so it's central to human nature. If you can twist the way that people think about sex, you can transform the whole culture. And the way to really twist that is to get to people at a young age. I think that, I think that exists. I don't think that just derives from you know, some disordered sexual desire. But then I think also a number of people who have performed at Drag Queen Story Hour are child molesters. That's not a, that's not a coincidence, okay? That's not just a random accident. Yeah, it's tr- The people who are really obsessed with talking to little kids about sex probably have weird sexual hangups when it comes to kids. So the answer to that is censor it, pass laws against it, put these people in prison, Okay, I think that's actually a pretty moderate solution. The Democrats are talking about shooting all of us if we dare suggest that maybe we should kill fewer babies a year. The Democrats are talking about shooting all of us if we if we say that maybe we shouldn't castrate eight-year-olds. The Democrats are talking about shooting us, killing us, killing MAGA voters, calling us Nazis, saying we need to be treated like Osama bin Laden. If we consider voting for Donald Trump, if we consider voting for one of the two parties in our alleged two-party system, you're talking about killing us. Okay, I think at the very least we can put child molesters in prison and, and pass laws against the grooming and the, the bizarre cultural transformation that these people are, are leading. We're, we're making a big mistake, I think, because we, all we ever talk about is the transgender thing. That's all conservatives are focused on right now. And for good reason, because it's, it's the most radical social transformation, at least on the surface, that we have ever seen in this country not just the idea that we need to change certain behaviors, but the claim that there's no difference between men and women, the fundamental distinction in human nature, and that men can really be women, and we've got to mutilate people and chop them up and get rid of the girls' room and let Husky Hank you know, walk in to the the public swimming pool and get naked in front of your daughter. It's obviously so radical and insane. This is why this is the dominant issue for conservatives to be talking about and for the libs to be pushing for that matter. I feel, though, that conservatives... Are making a huge mistake in how we fight on this issue. I just discussed this at, at the National Conservatism Conference down in Miami. We know that the conservative strategy is failing. We know that despite all of our bluster and talk and obsession about transgenderism, it's not really working. Maybe we win a governorship in Virginia, maybe we push back a little bit in Florida, but if you just look at the progression of the law, transgenderism is completely winning. It's being enshrined in law by the Supreme Court, by the legislatures, in schools, in corporations, everywhere, okay? Conservatives have completely lost on this issue. And I think the reason for that is because conservatives are making a very shallow argument. The conservative argument right now against transgenderism is is, science says that men and women are different. That's the argument. The, The lib argument for transgenderism is There's biological sex and there's gender expression. And those two things are different and they can be in in contradiction with one another. Okay, and it's a little more complicated because sometimes the libs will say that there's such a thing as a a biologically female phallus or a biologically male uterus, and that's obviously very confusing. But when, when the libs are being their most coherent, they say, transgenderism rests on a distinction between sex and gender expression. And the conservative response is no, gender expression is not real. It's only sex. It's only biology. It's only X chromosomes and X, Y and XY chromosomes and uh, genitals. And that's all it is. That's how you know sex. And I thought, no, that, is, that actually isn't true. Obviously, there's such a thing as gender expression. Gender expression is Gender expression is to sex sort of like what the soul is to the body. Right? It's the metaphysical aspect of the physical thing. The body's physical, the sex is physical, the gender expression and the soul are metaphysical. Obviously, we know this is true because men and women behave somewhat differently in different cultures. Obviously, we know this is true because men can be effeminate. Obviously, we know this is true because women can be masculine. Of course, there can be one's expression of sex and gender can be at odds or a little, little separated from one's physical sex. So what's the answer to this? I don't think the answer is to just deny it, because when you deny it, then you fall into the same soul-denying scientism that the, the libs used to, to get us into this mess in the first place. I think the way that you have to address this is by granting, yes, of course there's such a thing as gender expression. Yeah, of course. And you have a duty to bring your gender expression in line with your sex. Yeah, of course the, these two things are distinct, the symbol and the symbolized, the body and the spirit, Sure you have a duty to bring them into alignment with one another. This word duty used to be so central to the conservative view of the world. I mean, this is what Edmund Burke talked about. Edmund Burke in the Reflections on the Revolution of France, he talked about that generous loyalty to rank and sex, that proud submission, that dignified obedience that found, even in servitude itself, the spirit of an exalted freedom. Not just our rights and our entitlement and our physical bodies. I mean, we're talking like the, the leftist materialists when we talk that way. No, duty. Boys are supposed to act like boys. They're not supposed to act like girls. And girls are supposed to act like girls. They're not supposed to act like boys. You have a duty to fulfill a role in society because we're not free-floating atoms. We live in a society. Okay, We live in a political community, and we find our place in that political community not primarily by demanding a bunch of rights and entitlements, but through duty and recognizing our roles and for fulfilling those roles, which we can perceive in the political community and from the transcendent moral order. That's what it's about. To, to quote Don, the, the actual conservative response on this should not be, well, actually, science says that there are two X chromosomes or whatever. It should be the Don Corleone response when he's talking to Johnny Fontaine. Johnny Fontaine says, Godfather, I don't know what to do. I don't, can't get it out of my count. He says, who are you talking about? You can act like a man. What's the matter with you? You can act like a man. What's the matter with you? This week, Barack Obama's economist, Larry Summers, said that we have a, quote, serious problem with inflation. But Joe Biden has refused to see it that way, calling the economy fast and strong. If only we had his eyes. Well, we thought we would give the old man the benefit of the doubt and applied his fiscal policies to our Daily Wire merch sale to see if it gave you a better deal. After crunching the numbers, we quickly realized no one wants to pay 8.3% more for anything. So instead. We're going with our gut. We're cutting prices by 40% across everything in the store. Now you can snag a do not comply hat for just 18 bucks or an old glory baseball bat hand signed by Ben Shapiro's actual hands for just 150 bucks. Get 40% off Daily Wire merch during our inflation reduction event while supplies last. Go to dailywire.com shop. The sale ends Sunday. Hurry now. Then we can all go back to $30 eggs. Speaking of the transgender madness and speaking of all this Sodom and Gomorrah stuff in our country, there is a video that has gone viral. It's being reported by Reuters. I have instructed my editors to blur this video. It's a video of a 10-year-old drag kid who was just the headliner of New York's Fashion Week. And the video is everywhere and it's being reported on by big news organizations without blurring his face. I don't care. It's child abuse, what this this kid's guardians are doing to him is child abuse. What the media are doing to him is, is child abuse. And so I at least, and I encourage other conservatives to follow suit, I'm going to I'm gonna blur this kid's face. He goes by Noella McMahon. Uh He's a, a 10-year-old who has been convinced to become a transgender model and activist. Here's what he had to say about his starring role at New York's Fashion Week.
1: What is normal? <laughs> what is normal? It's 2022. No one knows what normal is at this point.
0: She's believed to be the youngest transgender model it's to walk ever. cool Michelle.
1: to have that title, and it shows that I actually am, like, showing other showing other people and kids that being transgender isn't bad.
0: Through her social media, she wants people to know, you know trans kids are not different from other she kids. Needs
1: to be doing. We, we want to make sure that um, well, there it is. we're supporting her dreams and the fact that
0: she Taylor, has this want parents.
1: to be an activist and be visible for other trans kids. Um, we know it's just so important in a world that, especially right now in our current political climate, that has so many things that are working against her, kids like her.
0: Okay, for those who couldn't watch that, consider yourselves lucky. Uh, that last little bit there is in what looks like Times Square, and it's D's, uh, the, whatever the, the boy's name is, N- Noella is his fake name. Noella's parents, quote-unquote. And Noella's parents are these kind of androgynous-looking people, one of whom calls him, him herself Dee, but Dee has some facial hair and looks kind of like a man, but I think is actually a woman. And then this other eunuch sort of looking person who I think is also a woman, but also is dressing up like a boy. And I remember reading a story about this, the poor little boy's uh, father who now has no role in his life, and was, was booted out of the family life and uh, said he has no say now over all this crazy transgender stuff. Obviously, this is from the, the weird lesbian, transgender, whatever, uh, parents, you know, guardians who are abusing this child. They should have no right to even see this child. They should be in prison. That The sort of things that they're doing to themselves and to this child should be illegal. And, and all of that was true. All of this stuff was illegal, extremely stigmatized until very, very recently. The the child certainly would have been taken away by Child Protective Services even 10 years ago, if if not even more recently. But now we live in this upside-down world where extremely sexually confused, mentally ill people are allowed to, to abuse little children and parade a little boy around in dresses like a sexual object at the age of 10 at a New York fashion show. And not only are we not allowed to criticize that, very likely this segment will be taken down or Media Matters will clip it or there will be, but but whatever, who cares? I mean, it's just, it is what it is. Not only are we not allowed to criticize it, we have to celebrate it. And it, it just leads to this question that is very hard for conservatives to consider. Are we the baddies? Are we the baddies? Because I look around at all sorts of terrible regimes around the world And regimes which in many ways do many worse things than the United States, China, Russia, all these, you know, regimes that do bad stuff. I don't think those regimes trot 10-year-old boys in in little skirts down the runway for the seal-clapping applause of of sexual degenerates and perverts in, in New York City, in the public square, and encourage all of this stuff. That's not that. That sort of thing isn't celebrated there. Are we the baddies? We didn't. I don't think we used to be the baddies. I think this is kind of a recent thing, but it's a really big deal. And even beyond the transgender question, the fact that you've now got the president of the United States sicking his own his federal law enforcement, which is acting like his kind of personal police force, to to raid the home of his former of his predecessor and current chief political rival, that's pretty baddie stuff. That's what they do in really baddie banana republic regimes. The fact that the president is now hiring 87,000 new IRS agents, some of whom he's going to arm to go down and shake you down for more money than they're already taking, that doesn't seem like a good sign, especially when he's calling you fascists and saying your very existence is a threat to the country. That seems, that seems kind of dangerous and scary. The fact that we, we allow the, and, and encourage at the highest levels of government, we encourage a roving gangs of criminals to burn the country down for eight months at a time in a kind of ecstatic religious celebration of, of a career criminal who was killed because he took a fatal drug, uh, amount of illegal drugs and resisted arrest while committing a crime. Does that make a lot of sense? I don't know. I just kind of fear that we're becoming the baddies. And the Democrats are actively encouraging us to be the baddies, and they're cheering it on and threatening to line us all up against the wall at their call to arms. And what are the conservatives doing? We're saying, well, you know, I can't force my morality on, on anybody. You know, I don't listen, listen, I don't wanna I don't wanna force my religious views on anybody, okay? I might not support 10-year-old boys being sexually abused by by their uh, lesbian eunuch guardians and being trotted out for the sexual pleasure of depraved people in New York City. I might not support it, okay? All right, but I will fight to the death to defend your right to do it. No, what are you talking about? What are you? No, no. Yeah, please impose your morality. You have to. You have to, please impose your religious views, that your, your crazy extreme religious view that we shouldn't sexualize 10-year-olds and march them down the runway and have them dancing around at, at bars in the country for dollar bills, which has happened multiple times now on video. Please impose your crazy morality that says that uh, children should be allowed to be children and raised with their mother and father and not not have their genitals chopped off. Please, I support it. If that's theocracy, then sign me up, baby. Call me the Holy Roman Emperor. Okay, do we do we have the right to oppose this stuff anymore? I'm not so sure. There's a major case just came out of Yeshiva University. I love Yeshiva. It's the Jewish university in New York. It's it, I think it was the very first school that I ever spoke at. You know, I give lots and lots of campus lectures every single year. By the way, I've got my Young Americans Foundation tours coming up this fall. I, I think we're still, we might still be accepting applications for schools if you want to bring me my tour there. That might be closed, but in any case, we'll be announcing the schools soon. Uh, my very first one years ago was at Yeshiva. These kids are super smart, very, very, you know, solidly formed Jewish students in New York in the kind of belly of the beast. And now the Supreme Court has, has demanded that Yeshiva University establish an LGBT group. Now, this is a little bit weird because, as you know, Judaism is not exactly so supportive of L- LGBT. And these kids are take Judaism seriously. They take their religion seriously. And they don't want to just throw it out the window like so many modern woke people. And so Yeshiva said, no, we don't want to establish an LGBTQ club because that violates our religious views. And this is a religious school. And the Supreme Court said, yeah, well, too bad. Too bad. Now, Alito, Thomas, Gorsuch, and Barrett all dissented. They all seem to suggest that, yeah, the Jewish school has a right to be Jewish and doesn't have to be forced to go along with the Sodom and Gomorrah stuff. But the majority, including Roberts, including Kavanaugh, the majority goes with the LGBT group. And so what this means is you don't really have a right to your religion. This, this is one of the big fears with the, the gay marriage bill. I, I mentioned uh, yesterday when I was ranting against Dr. Oz that he came out and affirmatively said, I love that there, we're going to not only accept Obergefell and the redefinition of marriage by the Supreme Court, we're going to actively enshrine it in law, and I'm a Republican and I totally support it. I said, there's no reason for you to support this. Uh, it's, I think, speaks to a huge lack of judgment from Dr. Oz. But it's not even just about redefining marriage. This is the crazy part of, of the law. I was talking with Senator Cruz about this last night. It's not just yeah, okay, Obergefell had its decision. O- Obergefell is the law of the land according to the Supreme Court. What the law says is that now that this is the definition of marriage if this passes, then you don't have a right to disagree with it. And if you continue to oppose this radical redefinition of marriage, you well, we're going to come after your school, we're going to come after your business, we're going to come after your nonprofit. We're gonna come after your church. Okay, it is a ma- it is, it is a criminalization of holding the view of marriage that people held for all of human history until seven years ago. So even if some people wrote in, they say, Michael, you know, look, you've gone too far. I, I support Obergefell, or at least I support gay marriage in principle, or or even some people have written in, they say, I'm gay married, you know, and yeah, I think you're being too harsh about this. Let's say, sure, okay, we have a disagreement on the nature of marriage. Okay. That's fine. Let's say, though, that you totally support Obergefell. You totally support gay marriage. You would vote to enshrine gay marriage in law in a state or wherever. Do you really support criminalizing the the view of virtually everyone everywhere in the world until five minutes ago that marriage is between a man and a woman for the sake of the generation and education of children? Would you support stripping the tax-exempt status from churches and charities that disagree with that. We know the administration is going to go after people. They've, they, the Democrats have already gone after Catholic charities for doing this, for refusing to to uh, give up the Catholic view of sex and marriage in adoption agencies, for instance. They've already sued them. It's already gone up to the high courts. You don't think that they're they're going to do that now? No, that's what this is all about. It's a so there, there's no way out of this to say, well, I don't want to impose my views. I don't want no. You have. We have to stand for something, guys. We have to stand for something, or else we're all going to be just giggling on the way to the the gulags. Oh, well, so much for the tolerant left. Yeah, so much. So much for them. They're, yeah, that's right. How funny is that? It's going to be so, so funny when we've got Maisie Hirono <laughs> lining us up in a blindfold with a cigarette in our mouths. The rest of the show is continuing now. You don't want to miss it. This, I'm so excited. We've got a great interview with a, a young lady named Angela Ucci. Uh, some people have written in, they've asked me about kind of all the weird the weird kind of demonic stuff like the kind of weird occult stuff that you're seeing in the culture you know a top biden aide wears pentagrams on his chest that's kind of it's really weird right so this uh, young lady angela Ucci, was involved in the occult was involved in new age spirituality was involved in astrology it was a pretty prominent voice on it and then she realized it was all terrible and had this kind of road to damascus moment and is speaking out against it. You don't want to miss it. If you're not a member, click the link in the description and join us.